0: welcome to the podcast series Breaking and Entering. I am Victoire barbain a reporter at Citywide Selector and the host of Breaking and Entering, a new podcast that highlights outstanding career paths within the asset management industry. In this podcast, we profile successful asset managers who have added a string to their bow and decided to pursue new ventures ranging from food businesses to tech enterprises to academia. The point is to showcase the benefits of accumulating skills and jumping into new activities. Today, I am joined by Daniel Zagman, a Geneva-based asset manager who served various roles in the industry, from selector to advisor to now investment director for the digital loan company HCG. But that's not all. Daniel has also been an entrepreneur. In 2014, he co-founded with two friends a health snack business called Mr. Freed, which is now available in high-end stores across Europe and worth 10 million euros. In this episode, we will chat about the fine line between being an entrepreneur and being an asset manager and how the different experiences feed each other. thank you for joining.
1: Thank you Victoire, I'm very happy uh, to be here with you today and I'm particularly glad that apparently I've had a fantastic career so thank you.
0: (laughs) Yes and funnily enough the conversation we are about to have commemorates your relationship to Citywire because five years ago this month you were the cover star of the Citywire selector June magazine.
1: Yeah I remember vividly.
0: (laughs) Yes and you'd been featured as a disruptive research chief at Bedrock who was tapping into unconstrained opportunities. And um, in the double page interview was also mentioned that your activity extended beyond asset management per se, because then you just launched the delicious tortilla snack brand uh, called Mr. Freed with your partners, Thomas Mesa and David Ventura. How did you come about jumping into entrepreneurship while still working as a head of research at bedrock how does that even work
1: you know so so i had spent i would say roughly uh, seven to eight years um, at bedrock and you know as, as i guess many uh, you know I, I guess many people find themselves in their shoes of wanted to do a little bit something a little bit more entrepreneurial something a little bit more fun and that was definitely the case um for me and, and, and two good friends of mine um we you know for well over a year we uh were toying with the idea of um of 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 doing uh something uh entrepreneurial um looking at various um you know different p- uh possible businesses um and essentially we kind of unearthed um i would say the gluten free opportunity mm. um and uh you know and so and so from then on we thought well is this something uh you know, that is uh, a growth opportunity. This is something that could be fun. Um, could we do something in this space? And uh, um, essentially, after uh, doing some research, uh, we determined we could. And then we uh, decided to move ahead with the project.
0: And how did you, but how did you guys go around the business? Because the healthy snacking market has been, and the gluten free market has been a growing trend for years. Um, and I think it, it still has a forecasted growth of like five percent um, to two thousand and twenty five but there's, that because it 's such a trend means there 's also strong competition um, yeah. how, so did you swim in what we called a red ocean strategy which is which means a saturated market, or did you manage to make it a blue ocean strategy yeah,
1: so I think we managed to do a blue ocean strategy so actually um, when we Started to look at this opportunity, so this was really 2012. I guess it was really at the at the start of this trend. Definitely in Europe, maybe a little bit less so in, in the States, but definitely in Europe, it was the beginning of this trend. Um, and what we found in our research is essentially there was a lot of actually of of, um, of brands tackling this market, particularly in. Um, in, in, in sugary products for salted snacks, um, for, you know, crackers, chips. Actually, at the time, there wasn't that much of an offering. Mm. And really what kind of um, sparked our interest was that actually there was um, the brands that were available in, 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 in salty snacks at the time were really focusing it we would categorize them in two types of brands one of that were positioned um, almost as some type of medicine so it was really targeting those that were sick and the brands almost indicated that so obviously that would have no appeal to to a mass market and then there were other brands which you know really cater to more i would say the um, the green market or the raw market—really, people who, who, for which you know, really eating raw ingredients is critical. Mm-hmm. And so we saw that there was this interesting um, hole in the market. Or by essentially, if you could come up with a brand that's fun, um, you know, that's young, that's a little bit different, and also that's obviously that's gluten-free and 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 healthier, then we could. Um, we, we, then we could do something. Um, and that's, and listen, that's exactly what we did. Um, that's exactly what we did. Um, and really, I would say that kind of our, um, one of our inspiration was actually, um, was the brand Innocent um, that, you know, initially did only um, uh, Juice, but now obviously offers a lot more products. And really they took, you know, what is a, you know, a staple product, and, and turned it into something that's really much more fun and much broader. And essentially, that's what we tried to do.
0: Right. And, and
1: then, obviously, we are uh, quite happy with um, the development so far.
0: And that's what you have. I have with me... Wait. I have with me um, two packages. One is uh, the Mr. Fried Tortilla Chips Kale and Spinach. Yep. And the other one is the Grain de Chia, um, yeah. chia Seeds. Yeah, And they are actually really fun packagings and um, colourful and delicious. Thank Um, you. So yeah, I'm not going to eat them because we don't want any ASMR (laughs) situation, but they are open um, and delicious. Okay, awesome. I'm glad you like them. But so um, did you, from a management perspective, did you have any trial errors or, or attempts that didn't work between the month period that you decided to launch the brand and the moment that you actually started selling in 2014.
1: Yeah, so listen, so I mean, so so obviously um, so just also, so none of us really had background in the space. Um, all of us come from finance. Um, so actually w- what took a lot of time, and obviously there was tons of trial and error, was actually in developing the product. So actually. Doing the recipe, coming up with the recipe for the good, and and we actually started with 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 um, crackers. So that took that took a lot of time, and it actually um, and it was a pretty interesting process because we actually, you know, we didn't really know how to go about it. It ultimately uh, we found out. There's a there's a job category out there that's called recipe developers, and that's what they do. They develop recipes, um, and so it took. It took a couple of months before obviously we had the final product. And then I have to say, and I think that there's, you know, there's a lot of luck in that, but also you know, I think that our brand was, was fun and, 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 and that our product was good. But essentially when it came to actually selling the product, we had surprisingly few failures. But also, I think that was because our approach um, to selling was the right one, whereby we started with small kind of specialty stores who you know, are very, um, who actually want to have young, um, um, appealing uh, uh, brands. And you know, after having a little bit track of traction, then we, we approached um, Whole Foods um, and that was kind of our first, um, that, that was our major break, I would say, where we were, uh, you know, where we actually went into a real, you know, um, supermarket you know,
0: yeah. yeah. And then Holland um, and Barrett, yeah. now it's in Monoprix.
1: Yeah. And actually, we just started in Waitrose um, recently. Right. And, and so, yeah, so we're, we're sold across um, a number of, of, of supermarket chains, but as well as, as specialty stores and, and now across Europe and, and, and even... Now.
0: Globally. would you say that your experience at bedrock where you were first an analyst and then head of research influenced the launch of the company what what type of so, capabilities so, yeah, did you so, bring so
1: so, so first also bedrock so i actually joined bedrock when, when we were 10 and when i left in 2015 we were yeah probably close to 100 that was yeah maybe 90 so 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 you know so so it was somewhat of a startup experience. Um, and obviously in a startup, you, you know, you need to do to touch a little bit of everything. So obviously that's, you know, that, that is, is very useful. Um, and I think, you know, just um, one interesting thing about my time at Bedrock is that um, I was a little bit thrown in, in the thick of it without any formal training. So I kind of had to, to, to figure how things worked. Uh, on my own, and, and that's obviously what we did um, for Mr. Freed. Um, no, because you
0: joined, you joined Bedrock um, straight from an internship, right? Yeah. So, so
1: it, it was my real, my first real work. I mean, it was, um, yeah, it was my first employment, my, my first mm. full employment. Um, so, so pretty much straight after university.
0: If we look at this the other way around, would you say? That um, this venture, Mr. Freed, accelerated or, or formed you um, to to then join the private bank Safra Sarrazin in
1: 2016. Um, so, so, and and just for full disclosure, so I'm a, so so I did co-found the company, but I'm a, I, 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 so my two friends actually um, left their employment and committed to do this full time, while I didn't. So for me, it's, it is you know, a side project. It's a side project I'm happy to, to be involved with. And, and today I'm a minority shareholder. Um, this, I mean, the, so I actually joined Safra um, Sarrazin after doing my MBA. Um, and really during my MBA, I did explore other entrepreneurial opportuni- uh, opportunities and even explored joining startups. But I actually, um, decided that I wanted to stay in finance that I wanted to stay you know in the field of asset management broadly um, and what I wanted to my aim was to take the skill set um, you know that I developed at bedrock and, and, and through my you know my experience with mr. Fried and, and, and during my and my um, education experience at, at inside and to apply these lessons, in a larger um, institution. Um, you know, I, I determined that actually entrepreneurship, you know, there's many ways to be entrepreneurial. Obviously the, the clearest way is is, uh, is to launch a company, right? Um, but um, obviously, you know, different people have different tolerances for risk and, and different personal situations that may, you know, make them able to, to go on to an entrepreneurial experience or not. So in any case, I decided that a pure entrepreneurial career for me would not be the right approach. The reality is I'm too risk averse for that. Um, But so, you know, but that said, you know, entrepreneur is still something that's important for me and something that I want to have for the rest of my career. And I think, you know, that you can be an intrapreneur, obviously, at larger institutions. And that's definitely, one of the things that appealed um, uh, to me about about joining Safra Sarazan, um, it is a very entrepreneurial firm. It's a firm that's growing very quickly, um, and it's a firm where essentially you know you can you can you know you, you have room um, to express yourself, um, and really, so, so, so I wanted to essentially test a larger. Um, work environment um, where also, and one of the advantages of working for a larger firm is that you have a larger audience. You know, you have a captive audience, the clients, right? Um, if you are able to, to, to bring smart solutions, smart um, uh, investment products, and, and good advice. Um, so that is, is what was appealing to me about, about joining uh, Jace size and during my time there.
0: And so with this, um mba experience so you you did an mba at the L'Insead, which is in yep. fontainebleau based um, business school in france yep. um, and then you do with the experience of mr Fried. then you had the theoretical approach of businesses you had the hands-on approach even even if you're now a shareholder you still had the hands-on approach of launching yep. a business um, and the investment side of things would you say that there's a difference between an asset manager and an entrepreneur? How yeah, different I mean, are uh, they?
1: Well, there's differences across everything. But uh, so <laughs> that said, you can't, again, you can be entrepreneurial, obviously in the asset management space. You know, obviously then different firms have different DNAs. There's firms where it's much more structured and much more, you know, um, yeah, where, where maybe there isn't, there isn't that much room to take initiatives and, and there are other firms where there are. So, so you just need to, I guess, to find the right one. And in, in my opinion, you know, there's tons of opportunities. It's a very competitive space, but, but that said, I think I think there are tons of opportunities in the asset management space. And, you know, just like any other industry, it is getting um, uh, challenged by, uh, by different places, new business models, new technology, um, you know, obviously, uh, Everything's going digital. Um, and so, you know, I think it's a space that's as exciting as any. And, you know, obviously, uh, if you like um, the world of investments, then uh, obviously it's a great space for you.
0: Yeah. I think this ties in with, um, you know, the um, French slash Irish economist uh, Richard Castillon. I think he defined entrepreneur entrepreneurship and entrepreneurs as risk takers who um allocated resources to exploit opportunities in order to maximize financial return. So I think there's a very fine line between asset manager and entrepreneurs, but still very interesting. Um, From the outside looking in, it seems that you're attracted or or driven by niche products that may be disruptive. So whether it's, for instance, a healthy tortilla crisp with kale and spinach flavors or a range of products that you intended to develop, uh, in the private banks of Hasa Hazan. Is that right?
1: Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. So, so, so my view, um, you know, just generally is, is that to be successful, you, you, you obviously need to, to come up with innovative um, solutions. Um, so, you know, so that's what I did both at Petrock and at JSA and obviously, um, and obviously with with mr free
0: and, and what did you take with you i think probably a lot of things but um what did you take with you from this bundle of experience when you joined um hcg this year as investment director
1: so at both bedrock and and J. Sappers, I, was in, I was really trying to push again those innovative um, investment solutions and really the um bonus for me to move to hcg is that actually in my opinion, HUG offers all of that, is that we you know invest in um, a highly innovative space and we offer a product that, that in my opinion is extremely attractive, you know, both on an absolute basis and, and, and on a relative basis, you know, relative to, to other investment opportunities. And the so digital here, loans, right? HCG yes, you yes, so digital Yeah, so we buy credit assets that are originated through um, through digital channels, um, and so you know, for a number, number of reasons, it's it's a, it's a super attractive um, um, asset class. Again, it's one that's innovative. You know, it's still a few people know about this asset class, but it's one that that can really contribute greatly to 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 a portfolio of assets. And I think you know there's tremendous opportunities for us. And so that's why I was so keen on, 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 on joining HCG. Um, and, and to be honest, it's definitely a strategy um, that I had actually um, um, promoted both um, at Bedrock at JSF Safra Sarison. So not necessarily HCG, but definitely the, the asset class.
0: Do you ever <laughs> brag about having, because um, because you've got such a set of of uh, different roles, which I think is really enriching, because you've been a selector, um, you've been an advisor, entrepreneur, um, and now investment director within this digital credit space. Um, do you do you ever try to sell the, those different cards that you have that you can play, or do you? Are you well, I would say I'm humble.
1: <laughs> I would say that selling myself is not uh, my number one skill. (laughs) But uh, uh, no, listen, I mean, I don't, I don't, I mean, to be honest, I've never really been in a situation where I had to uh, sell those skills. uh, But but no, listen, I've enjoyed my my different experiences. um, And, uh, you know, I definitely hope to be enjoying my future experiences.
0: Mm -mm -mm. If you had um, one tip to give, um, an advisor or fund selector or even a fund manager who was an inspiring entrepreneur
1: mm-hmm. what would it be? So I'll just give uh, an anecdote when we um, were thinking of launching Mr. Freed everyone around us absolutely everyone told us we were completely crazy because none of us had any experience in the food business the reality is that everyone was right. It was a totally crazy idea and it's true we had no change no in it but again so but obviously that doesn't necessarily mean that it will not work out and, and obviously in our case it did work out. Um, so what I would say is that obviously you should always um, listen to others and you should always take in advice but you shouldn't be discouraged by, by people telling you that your idea is, is, is not necessarily a good one. And in some sense, they're probably right. Like if you, we look you know, at some of the most successful companies today, Twitter, you know, if somebody had told you 15, I mean 15 years ago, yeah, that you know, oh, I'm going to create a social media space where you can write 40, 40-word 40 sentences. And it turned out to be what it became, right? I mean, so again, I would if you're confident in your in your business idea, I would say don't get too discouraged by, by people. Um
0: that might not be a good idea and keep going. Okay yeah. thank you. I think this is a perfect way to end this. Thanks for joining and sharing your experience and and instructive tips. Maybe we'll speak again in five years and discuss new well, business insights and hopefully sooner than that. but in the meantime, best wishes. And dear listeners, um, thank you for listening in. If you haven't tried a Mr. Fried Crisp yet, go get it. It's absolutely delicious. And if you want to find out more inspiring profiles of multi-dimensional asset managers, you can go and check out the rest of the Breaking and Entering series on the CityWise Selected podcast that is available on Spotify. Bye for now. Thank
1: you.